It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros play the second game of a three-game series against the Texas Rangers. Rangers with a 6-5 win in 10 innings last night over the Astros as Michael Brantley two hits, including a three-run home run, drove in four. Jose Altuve three hits, he scored twice, but the Astros saw their win streak come to an end at two games, while the Rangers ended a two-game skid. Astros 19-15. and 15. Second in the AL West, three games behind Oakland Rangers. Fourth in the AL West, nine games behind the A's with a record of 13 and 21. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. It's Christian Javier on the mound for the Astros today. Javier, we've seen some impressive stuff from him so far. 191 batting average against. Yeah, especially early in the ball games, man. We'll see the first couple of innings, and he's usually striking out three or four hitters and uh, making other teams uh, look at like little league teams, the way he's just blowing it by him. You look at the scoreboard, it's 92, 93, but it just looks a lot harder to when you watch the hitter's reactions. So uh, he's got a great fastball, but it, it seems to, to sag a little bit, you know, maybe in the fifth or sixth inning, and that's when he starts to get hurt. So as a manager, you just learn that and get somebody ready in the fifth or sixth inning because usually it looks like he starts to run out a, a little gas there right around the third time through the order. Colby Allard, left-hander, is going for the Rangers today. He's coming off his best outing of the season, his longest outing of the season, Wednesday against Oakland, although he got a loss. And, I mean, you talk about second, third time to the through the order. That mm -hmm. seems to be where Colby Allard has struggled trying to get deep in the games. Well, that last game against Oakland, you mentioned, he had a no-hitter into the sixth inning, and mm -hmm. he changed things up. And Chris Woodward was pretty happy that he uh, took some advice. And instead of throwing so many fastballs and cutters inside the righties and becoming one-sided, they said, hey, start using your changeup a little bit more. Get some guys leaning out over the plate. That way, that cutter and the fastball inside becomes much more effective. And that's what he did. It looked really good. And maybe a learning curve for a young lefty, 23 years old. Uh, so he feels like he's on the right track with something. Keys to the game presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, the Astros suffering the loss last night to the, the Rangers. Very uh, atypical, the, the way they had kind Sloppy. of the defensive breakdown. Yeah, in that 10th in that inning. Not something we've seen a, a whole lot of from this team this year. And I think that's one of the encouraging things is last night notwithstanding, we've seen this team play a pretty clean baseball defensively. They are. They're a very good defensive team, so let's get that out there right now. But uh, it was sloppy. It was flat. However you want to say, they just came out, and it probably a product of, of not playing many days in a row, so right. get out of your routine. And 
Uh, sometimes uh, a team in those situations comes out, you know, ablaze. But uh, yesterday, for whatever reason, the Astros came out really flat. And from inning one, I thought that they were sloppy defensively. Uh, kind of got things together, got on a little bit of roll when Michael Brantley hit that three-run homer, but then just fell flat again. So hopefully, you know, after playing yesterday, they're more like themselves. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker, and a little later, we'll hear from Rangers radio broadcaster Jared Sandler. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Yeah, tough one last night, especially since you were down 3 nothing early. Managed to come back, frankly, with the big home run to, to give you the lead, but, but wind up falling short in extra innings. Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, we gave away, like, you know, three of the runs, you know, uh, uh, you know on defense. Uh, which we rarely, rarely do, which is uh, probably won't happen again, um, you know, hopefully not, you know, this year. And, uh, you know, this, the normal steady-handed, steady-armed um, guys, uh, you know, had a bad night. And, and um, you know, we uh, need to address uh, also on the block to Taylor, which really um, wasn't, you know, totally his fault. You know, he's a left-handed pitcher, you know, uh, and, you know, he can't see the guy from third. So, I mean, somebody has to alert him, uh, you know, to step off because uh, it's so quiet out here now. Uh, guys in the, in the dugout, including myself, might have helped panic the young man, Taylor, because we were like, hey, and, and you know, with something like that, instead of saying step off, uh, because in a normal stadium uh, with, with, with the fans, you couldn't hear that. And so, you know, we'll address that today. And, uh, you know, we're continuing to, you know, teach, you know, at the big league uh, level. But this is what, you know, what you got to do. So I'm sure that won't happen again. And uh, But every day you come to the ballpark, you're going to see something new. And uh, you just hope that it's something new, <laughs> new and improved. <laughs> exactly. So you bring up a good point, Dusty, about, you know, the no fans, obviously everybody knows about that, uh, but it does kind of change what, what's heard. Uh, and, and a lot more is heard by everyone, whether it's the umpires, whether it's the guys in the other dugout, Correct. have you found yourself doing anything differently or saying anything differently or being a little bit more careful about some of the things you say because there are no fans and because more yeah. of what you say can be heard? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, you're more careful about, you know, hooting on the umpire because he can hear it. Or under normal circumstances, you're you're yelling, knowing he can't hear it. And you also, uh, you know, with the mics that they have, you know, close to the dugout, you know, that that, that ordinarily you couldn't hear, but you hear, you hear everything. And so uh, there are some guys that probably have gotten in trouble, you know, because there's no noise. And uh, uh, I mean, you know how guys are. I mean, I, you know, I'm even sworn on, on, on TV earlier in the year. And my mom got all on, you know, my mom got on me because ordinarily she wouldn't have heard it. And so, yeah, yeah, we all have to be, you know, more careful and, uh, and just realize that, you know, your voices can be heard all over the stadium. 
So sometimes in the dugout, I think we're used to most managers staying in one spot the entire game. So it seems like most of the game you're in that same spot, uh, the end closest to home plate. But sometimes you move down all the way to the opposite end, uh, the dugout at Minute Maid Park over by, by first base. Uh, is there any particular rhyme or reason for that? Is that something that you've well, always done? Yeah, that's something I've done, you know, quite often. I mean, number two, I mean, number one reason I can get a better vantage point um, on the opposing pitcher. And I can also, uh, you know, for their moves, you know, to steal or hit and run or whatever. And said, and secondly, I can get a better vantage point. It will Gary uh, Pettis, the third base coach, and get a better, you know, vantage point of me. And he can see my whole body. And so, therefore, if he can see my whole body, I can use, you know, my legs and my chest and, and everything. That, I mean, because this year, with you not being able to touch your face, is sort of limited mm. on the amount of things that we can we can touch that are that are meaningful to uh, you know uh, the science and the outcome of the game because uh, uh, sitting down there I can only use like I said my face and and and, and part of my shoulders and uh, you know it's it, it's confusing you know to my third base coach plus I go down there sometime when we need some runs it seems like we can get some runs down there so it's probably you know, threefold. And, um, I'd rather stay in one spot, but, uh, again, it's, it's, it's hard to see down there. Anoli Paredes was one of the pitchers you used last night. He was pitching for the first time in nine days. Hadn't pitched since the San Diego series. Obviously right. you have a lot of days without games. Is that something you worry about a little bit with, with the, the bullpen guys is yeah. trying to keep them sharp because there's been such a long layoff for so many of them. Right, exactly. I mean, Taylor hadn't pitched in a while. Rayleigh hadn't pitched. Uh, Snead hadn't pitched. Scrub hadn't pitched. You know, Presley hadn't pitched that much. And, you know, I, every night I have, you know, uh, the um, proposed roles of, of, of the bullpen guys. And I have how many days that they pitched in a row, how many pitches they threw uh, last night. or uh, And so uh, – you know, like I have middle short set up with certain guys and then it'll change depending on their lineup, who I'm going to use. I mean, it's all in theory, of course, you know, the game dictates, uh, you know, the use. And then last night I, I, you know, I have a very important stat, you know, as a reminder to myself, uh, you know, NTP, which equals needs to pitch. Mm -hmm. Well, I had like six or seven guys that needed to pitch <laughs> and, uh, and I still got, you know, I still have four or five guys that need to pitch, you know, like Snead needs to pitch and uh, uh, Perez and Rayleigh and uh, uh, Biagini and then Garcia. We haven't had a chance to get a look at him yet. And so, um, you know, the fact that they need to pitch either, either equals not playing, which we didn't do, or either the starters have gone deep, deep, deep in the ball game and, and, and we didn't need them. So, uh, uh, but you certainly need to get them some work because I've always been told that, that the pitchers rust out versus wear out. And in this, and in this situation, you know, I mean, they're, you know, they're rusting out. So, you know, we got to get some guys some work here, but, but uh, you know, the need to win these games at the same time. All right, Dusty Baker, thanks so much for joining us and uh, good luck tonight. All right. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. This episode of AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. 
This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with Jared Sandler, radio man with the Texas Rangers. And I'm curious, uh, first of all, Jared, uh, preseason predictions, you know, you come out and you talk and, and think about uh, the team, and it looks like the Rangers are moving forward as they sit right now, just past the trade deadline. How do you feel about the Rangers right now? Well, I think it's a, a team that's going to spend the final few weeks really focusing on the future. If they end up competing with the young guys, then so be it. Maybe they'll reassess some uh, philosophies in a few weeks. But you're going to see a lot of young guys, whether they're on the roster right now or some of the young guys at the alternate site uh, across the street at, at Globe Life Park, the old ballpark, mm. who are going to be coming over and, and getting some at-bats. Obviously, with the Rangers record, even though there are two other teams in the West that have really struggled as well, I don't know that the front office in earnest can – uh, really go after a playoff spot in, uh, at the risk of uh, maybe compromising some opportunity to develop in a year in which development already has been greatly compromised. So whether it's guys like Leody Tavares or Anderson Tejeda, Eli White, guys like Kyle Cody, I think you're going to get a, a heavy dose of youngsters looking ahead to the future. According to the pundits, where, where does the Texas Rangers farm system rank? Uh, a lot of the rankings are, I think, in the 20s, you know, and everyone obviously is dealing with the, the, the challenges of this year. I think one of the reasons why this is a blow for the Rangers uh, by guys in double A AA and triple A, you know, you're going to get a lot more consideration and understandably so. They're closer. They've proven it at higher levels. Yeah. I think this year was supposed to be the year the Rangers saw a lot of their young prospects, guys who were coming stateside for the first time, guys who maybe had only been in low A or high A or, or maybe not even full season baseball uh, in America just yet getting a chance to really emerge and, and, and show off their development. It's the, the second year of a lot of new systems in place. This was supposed to be a big step of, of growth. And so while everyone's farm system's dealing with this, uh, I think the Rangers farm system with where their prospects were relative to their their growth, uh, they've taken a big blow, and uh, it's, it's definitely been a, an unfortunate byproduct of everything that's gone on. Talking with Texas Rangers radio man Jared Sandler. Uh, Jared, who are the bright spots that you've seen in the first month of the season? Is it Kiner, Falefa, Solak? Who, who, who sticks out for you? Well, I think, first of all, and, and I don't know that this necessarily pays big dividends, you know, three, four years down the road, but Lance Lynn's been really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, every, every fifth day, that guy – he competes his tail off uh, and probably not as talented as Garrett Cole, but you know, as you guys got to see with Garrett Cole, I mean, that guy competes with the best of them. And Lance Lynn uh, certainly of that ilk, you know, he can be feeling good, feeling bad, pitching on the moon, pitching in a pitcher friendly environment. It doesn't matter. He's going to go out there and he's going to find a way to get the job done. Uh, Jonathan Hernandez out of the bullpen has been really, really fun. And he's someone who maybe does project well for the future. He's a young kid. And then offensively, you know, it's been nice to see some improvements for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He's really good defensively. Uh, Nick Solak is a guy who I think could be a, you know, a good player on, on some really good teams, uh, uses the whole field, tough at bats. Obviously, Rangers teams of, of years past to have been big swing and miss teams, and Nick Solak's someone who can maybe help turn that identity around. And then Leody Tavares so far, I mean, it's been just oh, yeah. a, a few games, but – he plays center field really, really well. Uh, his athleticism is, is fun to watch, and he's a guy who uh, has the potential to have an impact bat. He's just 21 years old, and he's got some, some growth needed there, but he's definitely been really fun to watch so far. 
All right, a couple of guys, Jared, that we've seen uh, for a couple of years now, a few years, uh, Rugnet Odor and Joey Gallo. Look like they were taking some steps forward as far as strike zone discipline, things like that. Where are they right now? Well, so Rugi's just had a, a tough year, and, and he's now on the I.L. with an eye infection. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's, that's just a, a reset that he needs. But uh, tough year, not just at the play, but even defensively for Rugi. And, and, and the Rangers in general have – uh, you know, for a team that doesn't score a lot. And again, this is, Steve, this is a total switch in identity. You know, we're used to Rangers teams maybe struggling, but defense becomes even, you know, more important. And, and the Rangers have not uh, helped themselves in that regard. And Ruby, you know, unfortunately had been a part of that. But offensively, it just – he had a, a few-game stretch where it seemed like he was turning things around, but it's definitely been a tough year for Ruby in what was supposed to be a big year to, to solidify that he can be the second baseman moving forward. Sure. With Joey, it's so tough to know because he's so streaky. You know, he's gotten off to a bad first month, but plenty of time to turn things around. Obviously, in this year, there's not as much time. And his strike zone discipline, I don't know, is, is a huge issue. He still swings and misses a lot in the zone. And he's just not, he's not driving the ball as consistently mm-hmm. as we saw last year. You know, I think he's actually starting to – we see this with Shinsu Chu, and I'm sure with how tough of it bats a lot of the Astros players have, you see it on their end it's almost like you think they know the strike zone better than the umps. You know, Joey the other day took a called third strike uh, with the bases loaded and one yeah. out in a critical moment on a pitch that wasn't a strike. And so it's like, do you credit him? Uh, do, you, do you knock him because he struck out looking? Or do you credit him because he, he took a ball? He took a bases loaded walk. It just wasn't called favorably. He's had a few of those. But, you know, there's all the talent in the world. And defensively, Joey's been outstanding. I think a lot of the analytics support that. Uh, but it's been good to see him not carry the, the maybe the, the struggles offensively over to the field uh, because the streakiness has shown up so far this year. But, uh, you know, I, I think the Rangers are hoping that this final month he can get streaky in another direction. Jared, last thing real quick. Uh, how does the ballpark play? We're going to see each other uh, for 10 games in this last month of the season. When the Astros come to Arlington, what do they expect? It's, it's more of a pitcher-friendly climate than, uh, than what anyone's used to. So, first of all, way more comfortable. Uh, yeah. You know, I, Steve, I know you're, you're a big sweater. You know, you, you sweat a lot, you know, by 4.30 usually when the games are in Arlington. Thanks so, for noticing. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're not going to have to change your shirt, which is nice. Perfect. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, the infield plays fast. That, that's one of the things we, we had heard early on. Joe Madden actually said that. It, it plays fast, and it, it maybe makes for some trickier hops, although – we didn't see it as much this past home stand, uh, but in the the alleys, left center and right center, it's it's much deeper, and uh, it, it seemed like the ball does not carry nearly as well to to those parts of the park, which is obviously something that you're just not used to to experiencing when you play a game in Arlington. You know, I, I think it's definitely been more pitcher friendly. Ultimately, when the sample size grows. You know, is it going to maybe gravitate more towards fair? It's possible. Let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to move the fences in. Trust me. <laughs> That's Jared Sandler. Hey, thanks for catching up, man. Really appreciate it. You got it, Steve. Thanks for having me. Back with more Astrolantra after this. Astrocast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLP, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbock Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to Astrocast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Questions for Martin Maldonado. 
Martin, going back to a couple of weeks ago, you told us, I think it was over the shutdown that you lost a little bit of weight and to get better. What kind of like prompted you to want to do that and to kind of rebuild your body a little bit to be able to play as much as you're playing right now? Um, I would say um, I chose spring training at 2.36. Um, you know, after that shutdown, I went down to 2.19. You started to eat a little more healthier, um, especially knowing that um, I wasn't able to work out as, you know, as much um, during the whole season. So to eat better just, just to, you know, lose some weight, just to maintain my weight. Uh, actually, I work uh, with a nutritionist um, in Miami by, by, by phone, by Zoom call, all the stuff. Just to try to go down between 220 to 25. And uh, 219. Right now, I am at 222, so I'm I'm maintaining my weight. You know, um, I'm a typical guy, pretty much. You know, course of my career, during the year, I'm going the opposite. I gain weight instead of losing weight. So that's why pretty much I went down to 219 just to maintain that weight. Do you feel it paying dividends? And can you kind of feel it in how you're playing and how how you're set up and behind the plate and everything? Yes, I think, you know, I think it's paid off on everything, you know, including my running. I'm kind of surprised, you know. Um, you know, last year, talking to the trainers, I was at 15, my highest speed. This year, I reached 17. So, you know, overall, you know, I didn't just, you know, feel, feel stronger, feel, I would say, you know, my recovery has been much easier. You know, um, overall, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, feel bad like when I was a young again. What's uh? I know you didn't catch him last night, but we're we're so used to seeing Framber let, you know, innings get out of control on him and spiral, and he's really curtailed that this year. What what have you seen different from him mentality wise that he's able to, you know, center himself and not let things get out of control? I would say he's staying focused more. You know, he's controlling what he can control. You know, there's stuff that um, in the past they will get out of the game or out of the, um, the inning. So, you know, and also then the walk, you know, the walk rate is down. You, you know, spawn the strike zone. Um, you know, one of the best quarterback in the game, one of the, I would say, one of the best sinker I ever catch. Um, you know, just attacking the strike zone, you know, throwing strikes at the infield, do their work on defensive side. I saw your wife post something on Twitter about not getting traded. I guess you'd gotten traded a couple of years ago. Was it not sweating out the trade deadline this year to give you some peace of mind? Actually, I told her I was going to get traded, so that's why she said that. I told her, babe, you know, I might get traded. It's also, you know, this middle of the season. And she goes, hell no, again. So I think, you know, I think for her, it's more than for me. You know, I think, you know, the last couple of years I've been traded, you know, as a guy, you know, as a player, you gotta go. Um, the families stay behind you. Um, they gotta do all the packing, gotta do all the stuff. Um, was nice, you know, was nice to um, just to be settled here. You know, we like, like I said before, we like it here. Um, you know, it's been easier uh, for us, for me and my family, just to be, you know, you know, here, uh, especially with the teammates. Um, um, some play that we feel, you know, we feel fine, we feel great. 
you know, around the city. You know, I know we haven't go out much like we normally do, but just to have that relief for her more than for me, you know, like, you know, if I get three, then it's a, you know, it's a place I'm going to play the game, you know, in different ballpark, you know, just, just the, you know, having two kids, just the ability for her, you know, packing, all that stuff, I think that's, that's a grind that people don't, people don't realize, you know, when you get three, then you're fine, but your family to stay behind, you know, you got to bring family from home to help her, to help her, you know, it's a lot of stuff more than, you know, beyond, beyond baseball stuff. Martin, you've been uh, praised by past and present pitchers on how good you are as far as uh, your preparation towards the game. How much of that do you impart into Dustin Garneau and to have him prepared when you get the days off for rest? You know, I think, you know, we, like I normally do, um, you know, I try to have a good conversation with him um, beginning of the year. And just trying, even with, with, with um, Stobie, you know, pretty much, you know, we we are like we gotta work as a unit. You know, we are, you know, you know, sometimes they see better stuff in the dog than what I see behind the plate. Sometimes, you know, is you they had that communication that we, you know, me and Chirino had last year. Um, that was huge, you know. You know, doesn't matter who's playing, you know, I didn't uh, we all three had the, the you know, the mentality of winning, the help their pitching staff. Um, you know. Whatever we do offensively, that's a that's a plus, especially in this team. You know, this team is a team they always score runs, and uh, you know, we get paid to help. You know, the pitching staff. You know, we had a lot of young guys this year, and uh, then they, they turn the ball great. You know, sometimes I rely to um, Stubby. You know, like you know what 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 this guy has done in the past. You know, they, he's a guy they call in the minor leagues, especially Javier. You know. Paredes, those guys so normally it's like story one. If you got any any key point you can tell me to talk to him, you know, especially when he's when he's missing the strike zone or, you know, it's, I think that's that's the communication that we gotta have as a as a catcher. I'm saying thing we have the same communication with the pitchers. Brantley with an opportunity here. Three infielders on the right. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball, hit well. Down the right field line. That one's got a chance. Goodwood, it's out of here. A three-run shot off the Chick-fil-A foul pole. And Brantley puts the Astros on top, four to three. Michael Brantley, his first home run since opening day, and it's a big one. What kind of lift was just that homer? Uh, I mean, you guys just were looking for the big hit all night, and uh, you, you, you you could hear the, the dugout really roaring. It, it, it seemed like that that was the uh, that turned the game around at that point anyway. Yeah, it was a good thing at the time uh, to give us a lead right there. Uh, to give credit to Texas. Uh, it's a big swing of the ninth to come back to tie it, and obviously we lost some extras. Um, but like you said, you know, we got to play better fundamental baseball today to win. Uh, this is the major league team across the field. That's a good one. And, you know, you got to play good baseball and clean baseball to win. Michael, how uncharacteristic of a game is that for you guys to have that many fundamental mistakes and that many defensive lapses, especially in the 10th inning? Yeah, we didn't play our best baseball tonight, but uh, obviously tip your cap. Uh, Texas, uh, they outplayed us tonight, and obviously they won. Is it difficult? I know the circumstances were out of you guys' control, but is it difficult to have so many starts and stops, especially like you had this week, to kind of keep in a rhythm and keep timing? 
Yeah, but that's no excuse. Um, we got to go out there and play, you know, better fundamental baseball. When you step on the field in between the lines, uh, we got to play better to win. We know that. Uh, we'll do a better job tomorrow. You know, try to even the series. Michael, how are you feeling? Are you starting to feel um, a little bit better? Get back into your day-to-day routine? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm just coming off two days off, just like the rest of the guys. So you know, we're doing a lot of start, start and stop. And uh, with all the testing, we weren't allowed to come to the field and get extra swings or work out or do anything. So uh, it's a little bit of adjustment period. Uh, it's been a rocky year. Uh, we all know that. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, I come out there and do the best I can, support my teammates, and see what happens. And balk. now a balk is called on Taylor, and here comes Heineman to make it five to four. Blake Taylor called for a balk. Well, that's anticlimactic. Not exactly sure what Taylor did. I could hear the Rangers dugout jumping on it immediately. Yep, he he twists with his front knee. A runner fake down the, the third baseline. The one-two. Bouncer up the middle to his left, Correa. Shortstop has it. Throws low to first. Gurriel can't scoop the one-hop throw. And Connor Falefa reaches first base on what will likely be a throwing error on Correa. Yeah, it's going to go down as a throwing error. Both Correa and Gurriel usually both make that play. Right. Correa usually on the money, and if it is awry, Gurriel usually scoops it. Correa had played 90 consecutive games at shortstop without committing an error, which was an Astros record. And that streak coming to an end with the error allowing Connor Falefa to reach. There's still only one out. Rangers lead 5-4. Yeah, the Bach Dietrich running down the line, did that just kind of catch your eye a little bit? And, and what did you see from then on? Yeah, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, in a close ball game like that. I let the game speed up on me a little bit. Saw him out of the corner of my eye. And, uh, you know, I tried to step off, but I'm, I, I think I went up before I stepped off. I tried to – I didn't step off first, so – Next time, I just got I got to practice that. I mean, this stuff happens. I mean, it's going to happen, and, you know, hopefully I'm well repped and uh, ready for the next time it does happen, and I don't fold under pressure. I let the game speed up on me again like that. You hadn't pitched in a while, obviously, because you guys have been off for so long. How did you feel kind of arm-wise? Uh, I felt good. You know, uh, those two days off, you know, it's tough, but at the end of the day, you got to do what you can to get your work in. You know, we have uh, – throwing socks that we could use to keep your arm in shape. And, you know, you do a little yoga here and there, get a, get a like, band workout in or something. You just got to kind of stay sharp. And, you know, these days are going to happen in these uncertain times. So you just got to make the most of them and try and get better every day, even when we can't come to the field or we're stuck in our houses or our hotels or apartments or anything like that. You just got to do what you can to get through those days and stay sharp and ready for the next time. Were you surprised Gallo bunted there? No, I mean, this team is a crafty team. You know, it, it's they they like to bunt, they like to steal, they like to play small ball. So, I mean, any they, they probably want to get more runs. And, you know, I mean, anything could happen in baseball. It does, it, it's crazy. It's a crazy game. That's why, that's why I love playing this game. It's crazy. You never know. There's so many unpredictable things that could happen. And, you know, as a pitcher, you have to be ready for every situation. AstroCast is brought to you by Carbock Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later!